Chat About It is a thought-provoking podcast where your hosts, Lenora Sneva and Max Brown, engage in meaningful conversations with everyday individuals about the pivotal moments when they realized they were different. Tune in every Friday for fresh, inspiring videos that delve into personal narratives, exploring the diverse journeys of self-discovery. From childhood revelations to adulthood epiphanies, each episode is a celebration of the diverse paths that shape our identities. This is more than just a podcast. It's a platform inviting you to connect with others through storytelling. Welcome back to Let's Chat About It. I'm your host, Lenore Sneva. I'm with Max Brown. We're going to have Will DeRuin on the show today. He is a dear friend of mine. I've known him for a long time, uh, since we were probably in grade school. Our families all know each other from Olympia area, so can't wait to bring him on. Um, in the meantime, Max, what is the question of the week? So uh, I may or I'm not sure if I brought this up on the on the podcast or if it's come up in other spheres, but um I may or may not have an affinity for uh, carbonated water. Um, and I may, I may or may not have come over to Lenora's house as a guest and crushed like an entire case of it. Um, and I didn't feel all that guilty about it, but I, yeah, there's definitely maybe a little bit. Um, and so my question okay. is if you're, you're stranded on an Island, but only for like a month. Cause I realized if I'm, if I, I was thinking about this, if I'm stranded on an Island for like a, forever, I just want water. Right. If I could have one beverage, I would just have water. But I'm thinking it can't be water, but in this a month, what is the beverage that you have access to for a month? And it can't be water? It can't be water. Oh, well, then I would probably just want a chai tea latte with oat milk. Oh, God. Oh, I like it. But you could drink it. just, that's the only thing you get to drink for a month. Well, if I can't that's have water, you're... I'd want water. So I don't. But no water. Else? You can't have water. Well, then, then I have some kind of. Well, what else would I drink? What, I, what do you want? I'd probably go with like a, a grapefruit spindrift. Oh, well, so, so you could have like flavored, water. flavored but not, but not like well, tap, like not like water, water. Not okay. regular water. Well, then I would have something. one of those. I would have a, uh, what is it called? Yes. I don't like the spindrift ones. I actually bought some of those. I don't like them. But um, what is well, it called? You, the you other... need to get rid of them. I know a guy who might drink a case over oh, your house. <laughs> but I do like I do like flavored uh like the carbonated LaCroix. Yeah. I like LaCroix, like lime or lemon or whatever. So that Just yeah, a little, I would drink, a little bit of citrus. I would drink those. But okay. if it, I thought you I couldn't have water. So Oh well sorry, I should say not plain water. Because I think the same. I was like, ah, if I could only have one thing for a long time, I'd probably well, just want water. But who would who would want anything else but water or flavored water? What you gonna drink soda the whole time? Oh my, Lenore, you've not been to the South. Oh, I know. Oh I, my gosh, I have sweet been. tea, Coca Cola, oh, like so gross. And we wonder why we have, you know, diabetes, health, diabetes, and diabetes. health issues. Yeah, uh, that's Wilford, true. Wilford Brimley. Um, but yeah, no, I like, I was, I don't know, maybe I didn't know if you were like a big, oh, I'm sure there's people out there who are like Diet Coke. I would just, no, di it's oh, so bad for you. So, it's like aspartame. oh my god, it doesn't, it doesn't, all you Diet Coke drinkers out there, Lenore is sorry, I'm, I am, it doesn't quench your thirst either, though. That's the problem when you drink so, like, like sugar. Yeah, it's true. You just drink like that. You're still parched. You just, yeah. So, you just need water. Yeah. Water. It's always water. All right. I think always it's time to water. bring in Will DeRuin. before before the Diet Coke fans boycott this I know. Uh, this podcast forever. I'm gonna dislike all of our YouTube videos. Sorry. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> all right, let's bring Will in. 
Awesome. All right, so we've got Will here. Uh, can you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you. Uh, hello, and thank you, everybody. My name is Will Deruin Jr. Um, I've been blessed to be able to come be a part of this right now today. Uh, I'm born and raised in Washington State. I'm a father of five boys. Um, <laughs> he already started right there. Yeah, I have, five, I have five boys. I can't call them boys anymore. They're all five young men. Uh, the oldest one is 26, 24, 22, 21, and 18, fresh, just like that. Um, proud father of all five of them. Um, wouldn't ask for anything more or anything less from all of them at all. You know, pretty much that's it. a strong family foundation. Uh, Lenore, as you may know, I've known her for a very long time and very close friends, actually. So you 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 grew up in a or you raised a family that had a lot of broken things, like yeah. just mere like you know. I, I in my mind, I'm thinking like mm -hmm. boys, footballs yeah. getting thrown around in the house. No one, just chaos. Like I've got two, and they are the most. I've got two boys, two girls, and they mm -hmm. create the most amount of chaos of everybody in the house. Was that was was that kind of what it was for yeah, you? Yeah, and with, I had my heart kids. racing all the time, high blood pressure, things <laughs> like that at an early age. You know, I'm sure that's exactly what it was, driving their mother crazy as well. So, yeah, yeah. but they always kept me on my P's and Q's, and which mm. lays over to this day and age right now. I've always been the energetic one, um, and they've always kept me like that. So, they, you know, they always make me keep it up on what's going on new in the world today and things like that, even though I'm a little bit older. Awesome. Because, per se. Awesome. <laughs> all, yeah, all of my sons are local. And like there I said, my go. youngest is about to go to Arizona to go to college. Um, I was just telling him earlier, he has graduated last week officially. He's fi officially okay. finished high school last week. Yes, he did it all on his own. He already got accepted to go to school, already got lined up to go to summer school, um, and he's ready to go and with no help from me <laughs> or anybody else. So I'm kind of surprised. I was like, well, maybe I should start asking you for some money from now on. I don't have to know. <laughs> well, he was like, he's like, February. Good. Washington or Arizona? Yeah, yeah really. I'm out of here. <laughs> and I'm already looking at some tickets to go visit and with my yeah. uh, how much PTO I have and stuff like that, you know? So I don't know. Yeah, there you That's go, fun. man. What part, of, what part of Arizona? Phoenix. Okay. <laughs> Scott. Scott. I know. Fine. Don't, don't go in July. No, no. Oh. I'm thinking oh. next year for my birthday in March or something. I don't know. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. Arizona's yeah. hot. Yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. So um Will, tell us tell us about the the story when you first knew you were different. Where were you? What was happening? Oh, this is a you know what? This is a funny one. The first time I knew I was different is in uh, the pastor of our old church, the Lord, Mr. Pa uh, Reverend Morris. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Before he was getting close, he was on his death, not his deathbed, but he was sick. And he had told me a long time ago, he was like, I see you being a pastor. And I thought it was something out of like odd for him just to come out and tell this young man. And I was like, no, okay, let's keep on going or whatever. Well, I had kept getting compliments older as I got older from teachers. Oh, you'll be a teacher or something to this degree is doing something like that. And I was just like, kids don't are told things like this. Like, well, you're going to be a, your doctors and things like that. This man told me as a very young age, my pastor, that I'm going to be a pastor or something like that. And it was nothing of interest or a calling mm. or anything like that that I felt. And look where I am now. I have went through all these things in my life and I'm giving back as somewhat in a instructional kind of way, per se, or cool. a teaching kind of way. So I guess it is the man up above did tell him to give me this message because look where I am now. I mean, that's how I look at it, to be completely honest with you. What's your job? What do you what do you do now? I'm a certified peer counselor for a nonprofit organization organization called Dad's Move. 
And what we do is our mission is to strengthen, to have fathers have a better role in raising their children who have any behavioral health issues, you know, through educational support, group effort, peer support, and advocacy. Cool. Awesome. That's, that's really so, cool. Well, how, how old were you when, um, when that, when your pastor kind of told you, Hey, this is, I have a beautiful plan for your life. When, when was, uh, how old Man, were you? I was like in the seventh or eighth grade. Oh, that's wow. the, that that's the thing and when you're seventh or eighth grade you're pretty much not thinking about okay well this is what i'm going to no. do in life i'm more or less like i'm going to go outside and play basketball things like that that was at least the concerns of my mind but for him to tell me that i was like uh, okay uh, another time another day but it always stuck yeah. in my mind it always kind of stuck in my mind so would you, and did you kind of going through going through high school going i assume you went did you go to college go to graduate school I or anything went, like that no actually i only went to school i went to college for only like a year and dropped out came back went to a couple of community colleges here and there i never yeah. really finished school to get an a or anything like that so did, what was it kind of the career i guess i'm kind of thinking through like as you as you progress in your career and your education mm -hmm. Where where was that in the back of your mind as your or maybe not at all as you're as you're kind um, of moving forward where you are today um, when I, you know, I, here's another part of my story. I got incarcerated. I was incarcerated okay. for three years, for three years of my life, but I've been out for 12 years. I vote, okay. I do all those kind of things. But while I was incarcerated, I was asked if I want to help instruct some other prisoners with their job resumes, just out of the blue with mm. somebody who was d delivering this as well. So all these things started to continue to, to develop. So I think this, at the end of the day, when I got released, I said, this is something that I know is going to come back to me at some point in time that mm. i'm gonna is gonna i'm gonna fill the shoes that was told what i'm gonna do for, for a very long time very cool very cool so after you after you got out was that when you started or what, how long have you been in a peer counselor role since uh, with with dad's move because i know like uh, the nonprofit's been around for like 10 10 15 years is that about right yeah yeah I okay. have been, I had my one year anniversary about three weeks ago, actually. Awesome. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, I just been doing it for, but I have this drive and I feel like I've been doing it for years. So I think awesome. the kind of things that I do when I talk to people, I'm the enthusiastic one from sun up to sundown, then I'm, then I'm done on my video game or something like that. But I always trying to give out and trying to give an instruction or pushing my button on my computer just to, for some outreach or some networking or something yeah. like that, you know? Yeah. And I'm oh go ahead, Lenore. You got it. Well, I was just thinking about growing up in Olympia because we all grew up in Olympia. Yeah. Um, is there any other times where you felt different? Um, yeah, actually, I did because we I felt different as a group, as a core group living out in that area. How about this, Lenore? Yeah, so that was a good question because we had a tight knit in group of individuals we always ran with. Um, I knew I was going to be different because I always had a solid foundation, I always kept in contact with everybody who I went to school with. And we always maintain good friendship, no matter if they stayed out of state or not. I may not always be the friends all the time talking to them. And a lot of people now to this day, they don't have that and nor do they mm -hmm. partake in that. And they don't do that. Um, I'll never brush anybody underneath the bridge. And I'm always one to always keep giving and keep giving and keep giving. And a lot of males right now, they get irritated about something and say, okay, I'm done. I don't want to help you out no more. I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. I'll just keep going and going and going and going because eventually it's going to come back to me. You know, you reap what you sow is what I was mm -hmm. always taught and told. And it, which goes, what you do to somebody else will come back around, not to you, Carmen, but it will, yeah. it, it, I'm telling <laughs> it may not come back to you, but it will come back sooner or later. It'll affect you to some point in time. I believe in it wholeheartedly. I really do. Awesome. That's cool. That's a good outlook. I love it. Yeah. So when did you know that this was kind of the path for you? Um, when I first started, this was after, yeah. I got the, after I got this job, I, I just, when I got hired to do this job 
and I went to and my bosses came to me and he started saying the different kinds of roles that we have and things that we do. He gave me pretty much the green light. Just give come to me, give give me an idea of what, what you would like to do. And we can work on it and you get the right to go. As long as it has a mission of what we represent for dad's moves, you could go. There's no strict itinerary of mm. this is what you have to do. You have to do. Look, you, you have the green light to do something that fits you. So with me, mine, I represent the BIPOC community. I help out with the BIPOC community. I'm on a subcommittee for Jedi in King County. I've been to two or three different conferences. I get the what green is, light. What does Jedi stand for again? Justice, equity, diversion, and inclusion. Uh, I'm going to be doing some presentations diversity, yeah. to uh, uh, diverse and inclusion. I'm going to be doing some representation from our organization for that. And so I get the green light. As long as we represent what we stand for, yeah. go, go ahead. Good to go. And, and Good to go. And, I'm, and I love it to death. And there's nothing more better than do it to help people doing that. And especially for fathers, because I will never take nothing away from mothers. They, have, mm -hmm. they do plenty for children. But, you know, fathers are always put on the back burner. And they're not giving a lot of help assistance outreach resources or even a shoulder to cry on mm. and they deserve it and there's a lot more men males to this day and age i find out now that they want to be more involved in their children's lives mm -hmm. that's really good well i'm i'm super curious like you you get the green light what does a day in the life of of will look like when you're, when you're working <laughs> with the community what's it what's it kind of look like I usually get up, check my emails first thing in the morning, something like that. But I usually have an outreach. I do at least two to three outreaches a day or something. Contact somebody I may have met at a conference maybe six months ago. Or mm -hmm. check on somebody who I have on my case so to see how they're doing. Or work on my presentation. Or sit on my computer and get on one of these webinars and learn something else again about another <laughs> about another topics or subject matter. You know, yeah. I do awesome. that quite a bit. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's you're like it's a little bit of everything. Serve, yeah, serve dads. Yeah, it, it pretty much is. And, and to be honest with you, I do have a woman on my case so who I work with who was trying to get oh. more involved as well. So it was not strictly just okay for fathers, but we try to implement it so that you know their fathers is always going to be included in the what priority. we have right. to do. Yes, you gotcha. absolutely. Awesome. So raising five boys, <laughs> like I just I can't even think about it, but um. <laughs> Oh, the smells. The smells. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, oh, yeah, boys are stinky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what kind of advice would you, or what kind of advice do you give them? I, I know they're adults now, so they're all older, but what, um, what kind of what kind of things do you say to them now versus when they were younger? You know what I mean? Like just the, the conversation changes. Um, our conversations actually with my, with my children have, with all my boys have been the same. I've never... They always listen to me and they respect me. But one thing I told them, I will not pass the baton of any kind of negativity that was passed to me mm. um, from anybody. So whatever mistakes that I think I have seen, it could be from my father, my mother, anybody, I will not pass it to my children. And we have, a, and it has developed to the point that we have such a good enough communication skills that they could come and we just talk like we're buddy, buddy, but they will respect me because I'm their father. Mm -hmm. And... Mm. Hey, dad, how you doing today? Or something like that. When my youngest, he'll come crying to me. Oh, boo, hoo, hoo. This girl hurt his feelings. His first little girlfriend. His girl. I said, man, I'm thinking he called me crying. And I really thought like something. Yeah. Something serious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was serious. But it was serious to him. And I'm thinking I'm freaking out. And he comes over to, I was at my mom's house. And he goes, I said, what was wrong? He's all crying. He goes, she broke up with me. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> but it was felt good to have my son come and talk to me about his problems with yeah. his girlfriend something that i never did to my father or anybody else like that he felt comfortable enough and that meant yeah. a lot to me mm -hmm. 
that's really cool. Yeah. I was going to say, like, as you, as you work with your, your sons, or your, I don't want to say work, but in, in your relationship with your sons and in, in the work that you do on a day to day, what is like, what's a consistent theme that you, um, you see or something that you really, you go, gosh, like, I just want all dads to know X. This is the thing that I'm constantly huh. talking, talking about or, or helping, helping guide people through. Yeah, they're not alone. Always want hmm. dads to know that they're not alone and they don't have to rely on the mothers. They're not alone because, a lot, I mean, me growing up, I just, I had a, I had my family, my mom and my dad. So I have a solid foundation surrounding areas, things like that. But the day and age now, you, there's, there's very few slim to none. But the ones that are out there, they need to be seen, they need to be heard, and they need to be dealt with. Not in a negative way, but they need to be heard yeah. just like anybody else does. They deserve that right. And I see a lot more taking more action into it, and I like it a lot. It drives me to continue doing what I'm doing. I see some men who have that mm -hmm. drive. It's like, look, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to court. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And when I see them saying those things to me, that gives me much more drive to continue doing what I'm doing mm -hmm. every day, mm -hmm. actually. Awesome. Awesome. Let's go back a little bit, mm -hmm. Will. I was going <laughs> to call you Pookie, but I didn't do it. <laughs> That's all right, man. It's yeah. like <laughs> So um, I heard you say uh, that you were incarcerated. Yeah. Um, do you ever go back and work with people that are incarcerated? Is there any kind of programs that you are interested in or anything that you do to kind of connect with people? Good question. Uh, here's a great, great question. And I love this one because at the end of the day right now, we're working with something, an organizer, organization right now. And I may be one of the ones who may be able to get in and go back and do that. Mm. So uh, that's in the works. And that's that is that's what I want. That'll be my calling. If I could get that call right there, forget every. I mean, I'm not gonna say forget everything else. That's gonna be the one for me because that's where I have to drive it right there. No, to answer your question, I haven't had the opportunity, but I want to, and mm -hmm. I and I'm I'm gonna claim it. I know it's gonna come to me, so I'm not tripping on that. <laughs> what, what do you want to say to people that? What do you want to say? What's what's going to be your message, you think, when you get into the prison system again and, and have an opportunity to talk to people? What do you want to say? I want to tell them to look at me and they may you know, they may take me just an average person just walking in to give them some instruction. But look at me, it's doable. Twelve years is a long time of being out. Mm -hmm. mm. The, the three years I did was long. It felt like 12 years. Yeah. Mm. OK, but once you get out and you take your time and you have a plan and you would take these steps yes you may fall down just don't make the same mistake twice never make the same mistake twice because you're not learning anything i've learned that as well but if mm -hmm. you start taking you leaving these little baby steps one at a time day at a time or whatever the case may be that it can be done because you're looking at somebody who has did mm -hmm. it I, I fall into two spectrums number one of my african-american male and two i was incarcerated there's two statistics right there that i'm not that i have achieved and overcame mm -hmm. yeah when you okay, Max, you go. <laughs> no, well, I, I was gonna sort of, I was gonna sort of change it because I think one of the things too that's interesting, Will, about the work that you do is, and part of this actually this is a conversation we had with somebody else recently. But oftentimes, people who someone I, I look at someone like you who is clearly giving back a lot of your time and your energy to people you may never. Have, have long lasting relationships with it, it might just be an in and out you might you know give them something amazing and that could be the end of it and oftentimes has forged because it was an example that was set for you there were people in your life who did that and i'm just kind of curious if there's anybody that you when you kind of look when we look back at the life of will and the in the path that you laid 
are there some specific people and you kind of mentioned you had a really solid foundation growing up that, but are there people that you go i'm really thankful that i had a chance to, to stand on their shoulders these are people that helped me get to where i am today maybe share a little bit about who they are and, and their impact on you uh my parents my godfather mr james pool I can oh, even yeah. say I can even say uh, Mr. Shigok, her father, because mm. I can even say as a whole the Masonic organization that her father, and my father belongs to, because when I was incarcerated, a lot of them came to see me. Mm. So you know that's called support from within the community of people who didn't aren't my blood relatives, but they're just like yeah. I consider them my relatives. Yeah, I, I'm gonna press into that a little bit if that's okay. And what was the impact of that having folks who weren't? You know, you didn't grow up with, you didn't have it at the holiday parties because they, they weren't family, but showing up for you during those three years when I'm assuming a lot of people also may, may have written you off. Yeah. What was that? What was the impact of that? Oh, it made my day. It may it helped me with doing my time, actually, to be honest with you, because I knew that somebody does still have what they call faith in you and that they think mm. and they know that you could still continue to do better. That one mistake, yeah, you did make the mistake, but then doesn't mean like, oh, I made a mistake. I gotta leave you alone, cut you off. Right. Yeah. That's that's true friends. That's true family, blood or not. Awesome. What would you say to people who are um, who who may have a, a connection, a relationship, a connection to someone who is incarcerated? What would your encouragement be to the the, the folks who are um, who are connected to those who are um, who might be serving time? just like you just don't give up on them and, and you know and mm. they may have they do have those down times to sell where they might say want to say oh i don't want to be dealt with you or i give up they have those bad days because looking at just the principle of the same sex all the time for three years of your life could it get really irritating very 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 quickly mm. so to say that is the, the fact that you could just tell them look i know you're having a hard time i'm here just to listen that's part of just the whole peer thing just to mm. have a shoulder just to cry on and that's what a lot of them just want or need and probably just just ask for just to be there just to listen write those letters to them gentlemen or whoever if it's a female in that in, who's incarcerated no matter what they're saying yeah. doesn't make sense just write them that letter it's just a stamp it's a piece of paper and a pen and a pencil just to say what's up and how you're doing and it does really mean a lot because yeah. i know what a lot of the things that i did when i was incarcerated i journaled a lot and i kept every piece, bit of piece of it while i was there and the cards my mom sent me, everything I kept all of that stuff. It's still, it means a lot. Yeah, yeah. It, it's you, you kind of what I heard. You didn't say it specifically, but you said it earlier when I said, "Hey, mm -hmm. what's like the what's the theme? What's the thing you want, Dad?" Snow, and it's that like I see you, that you're there, and you you matter, and it's mm -hmm. um, it seems like a, a, like a mantra for you. Like that's just yeah. it just kind of exudes out of who you are. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Is there something, Will, that you would say to your your old self? So whether it was right before you um, got locked up, mm -hmm. or if it was when uh, Pastor Morris uh, said, "Oh, I see uh, you, son." Yeah. Is there is there anything that any encouraging words that you would say to your former self? <laughs> yeah, listen to your mama. <laughs> <laughs> I have to laugh. At, just listen to your mama because <laughs> listen, listen to your mom because seriously though, as much as as many times as even to this day, she may tell me, do you know, I would like for you to do this. The more you tell your child that or whoever that to do this, they're gonna do the opposite. Of course, that's just mm -hmm. that's the way of life is. But still, just I should have listened to my mom a long time ago, and mm -hmm. a little maybe in a different more of a magnitude of severity. But listen to her a little bit more. But 
I didn't, but look where I'm at now. So it's a 50 50 per se. I'm yeah. at a, I'm at a good place. But yeah, listen yeah. to my mom, and that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> what was? Can you share with us uh, some of the things that she was telling you to do or not do? <laughs> Um, my mom uh, always uh, was strictly out of high school. Go to school. This is what you're gonna do. Go to, go to school. Right. It, it, everything was panned out. Everything was panned out. Will wasn't ready. Whatever. Okay. Do this. Do this. Do this. Do this. Um, go to school. Have your grades. Uh, make sure your grades is up. Come home from school. Take your clothes off. Do your work. Go back outside. Don't come back home to this. I, I was on a strict routine for a very, very, very long time. Lenore, yeah. you're shaking your head. So you know how it was. Yeah. You know, you, you have a very strict thing, and she's still like that to this day. It still irritates me sometimes, but she does it in love and she does it in a meaningful way to express to me that she sees the guidance of more of a blossom for her son to continue to grow, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how I look at it now. And I keep laughing about it because she I'm about to be 49 and she still does it me to this day. So for those people who do listen, you know, your mom and your dad's not going to quit saying things like that. No, you know? they're not gonna, <laughs> no. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Will, uh, for uh, coming on the show. It was so nice yeah. to, to see you again yeah, and thank hear you your story. And you're the, honestly, I, I just really, I want to say thank you. I'm, I'm kind of in that, like, the work that you do, I don't uh -huh. think is highlighted enough. I've heard of, there's like these little pockets of organizations that do this yeah. work that I've heard mm -hmm. of before. And I think it's really encouraging to know. I think I, I was. I think this was this was like a news article I just read recently, and it was. Uh, and and I, it granted it was a social media adjacent article, so take it with a grain of salt. But there, it was like a it was a a Reddit an article on Reddit. Somebody asked. It was like a, a female psychologist asked, "Hey men, uh, who do you confide in more with all of your information yeah. more than anybody else?" And the number one response was no one. Oh boy! And um and it was like. It just blew out of the water, and I think that's there. There is something about um, the generation that I think the generations that we have in this world today that we have how we've been raised, how we've defined masculinity, and what it means to be a man or means to be a dad has created these environments where it's really difficult to open up and be honest. And I'm, it's I like the fact that you. Ha I think it's a a huge blessing and accomplishment that your sons are willing to come up to you and cry. Yeah. And know like my dad, my dad is a safe place to have hard conversations. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so I'm just super encouraged by the work that you do and wanted to say, thanks. Thank you. Yeah, I got something you. to tell you guys real quick. You don't mm -hmm. get to hear the very last ending thing. You don't get to hear stories like this. I just got married. I'll be married two years coming up to that's a right. very wonderful wife, Hazel Duran. But check this out. I have, um, one time my son's, my son, uh, called me and he said, Hey dad, he goes, I said, what? He goes, I want, you and Hazel to come on over to me and mom's house. So we came over there to my egg, to my mother, to my son's mother's house, stayed the weekend and they cooked us both breakfast. And we, yeah, I see that look in your face. You don't get things like that. Yeah. That's called co-parenting. Yeah, That's yeah exactly. You put your emotions to the side yeah. of all the anger, all the animosity, and you get blessings like that. You don't mm -hmm. get that from your baby's mama to have you and your wife come over to her house while they cook you breakfast and you guys hang out for the weekend. You don't right? get that. You don't. That's yeah. a, that's a statistic right there. I'm part. That's three of the things that I'm part of. The <laughs> don't get it. Yeah. So I'm just telling for anybody who listens, man, that patience is a virtue and it pays off to just sit back yeah. and wait. It really does. No matter how yeah. old you are, that blessing is worth it. That's awesome. a testament to you, Will, yeah. though. I think that you, because uh, not a lot of people are willing, and yeah. you have to, you have to have yeah. forgiveness, right? Yeah. 
for real. And you have to forgive each other and you got to be uh, open and yeah, yeah that's and, and, and be open to be a little uncomfortable because that's kind of, you know, that's different. But yeah, what, a, what a great memory you yeah. created for your son. Yeah, like really. that's that's really what counts too, yeah. right? Because it was, was a good like, breakfast. The breakfast was good too. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, can I come back? <laughs> but you know, but and the thing is, my sons. A lot of my sons, they call my wife before they call me to talk to her. To talk, as long as they talk to one of us, I don't fine. Yeah. They feel comfortable enough to talk to her. That's fine. That yeah, doesn't bother me, nice. Yeah, yeah, whatever works. All awesome. right. Well, thanks again. Well, right. thank so you good very to much, see everybody. You. All right. You take take care. All right. Thanks, bye. Will. Nice to meet. You. Well, that was that was Will Darun. There we go. Yeah. That was be patient. Or... Be patient and listen to Mama. That's right. That's that's yeah. good advice. Oh man. Wow. Yeah. Seriously. What a just like you said though. What a um. What a great job he he has. Like yeah. the job that he like his. That's just um very admirable. Uh to be able to do that and make a difference that way. Yeah. I, I really, it is like a, yeah, I could go off, I go off on a major tangent and I won't, but like you look a lot of the hurt, a, a lot of the violence, a lot of the problems that we face as a country. And it comes down to men who don't know how to handle their issues and yep. um, creating space and environments for men to work through their stuff mm-hmm. is Really important. Great, yeah, greatly needed. And so, like, yeah, like you said, he may not be an official pastor, but he's doing God's work right there. He is. I know. So, All right. That was really cool. Thanks for the opportunity really- to meet him. Yeah, of course. All right. So, we'll see you all next week. Awesome. Bye, Bye everybody. The Let's Chat About It video podcast, produced and edited by Lenora Sneva, invites listeners to share their stories. To participate, email Let's Chat Now 1010 at Gmail. New episodes featuring people like you and me are released every Friday. Thank you for listening and being a part of a community who cares. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Spotify. Thanks for listening.